show is produced in conjunction with Blazing Caribou Studios. You can check out this and other cool podcasts in the Blazing Caribou family by heading over to BlazingCaribouStudios.com. If you like the show, consider becoming a Patreon and donating because BCS is funded solely by listeners like you. Special thanks to Alpha Geek Media and Diamond Club for their continued support. And as always, thank you for listening. Buddy? Yeah, sure, kid. There you go. And your wallet. Nick, give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast. Every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you the listener on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. I'm Paul and I'm not an animal expert. Hey, me too. I'm also Paul and I'm not an animal expert. This week we're going to be talking about an animal that kind of has like a reputation for being stealthy and deadly. I actually frequently get this animal confused with another animal and uh, I was hoping maybe Paul could help me out with that a little bit. Yeah, this week we're going to be talking about crocodiles. So let's get right into it. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Okay, alligators and crocodiles. Um, We are actually going to do a whole separate show on alligators because they are a completely different species of reptile and... uh, they are their own little unique animal, and I think they deserve their own show. That sounds like a, a good plan to me, Paul. Um, one thing I do know, though, is that you live in Florida, and I know one of those animals, at least, uh, lives kind of around where you live, and so I was hoping maybe you could just tell me what's the difference between an alligator and what's the difference between a crocodile. When you live around alligators and you see a lot of alligators, you tend just by exposure to become an expert on them. Personally, I mean, I know people get alligators and crocodiles confused a lot. Yeah, I I definitely do. (laughs) The easiest way to tell alligators and crocodiles apart, the first way is the shape of their snout. Right, okay. Now, on an alligator, the shape of their snout is almost even with the the width of their snout is even with the width of their head. It's a nice, broad, round snout. Right. Okay. I yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. They. Uh, if you look at it from above, it's almost like you're looking at a rectangle sort of shape, right? Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a U-shaped snout, whereas a crocodile has a V-shaped snout. Right. When it comes to a a point. The other way you can tell if it's a if it's a uh, an alligator or a crocodile, especially if you're looking at it from the side, is their teeth. Now, on an alligator, the lower teeth 
or the teeth on the lower jaw will not be visible at all. Right. Okay. Whereas on a crocodile, you can see all the teeth all at once. Right. So uh, crocodiles have that really creepy grin. Then, right? They're the ones that always look like they're kind of ha- have this evil smile that they're kind of looking at you with and thinking, "Hey, you might be dinner." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, just in general, crocodiles tend to be a lot larger. Very, very big compared to uh, alligators. Uh, although alligators can get pretty big, they even the biggest alligator is um, small compared to the biggest crocodile. Can you give us a, like a general idea? How large do crocodiles get? So alligators, even though they're going to get their own episode, mm-hmm. they they get to be maybe thirteen feet is the largest alligator you're going to get. Crocodiles can get a lot bigger. The saltwater crocodile is the largest crocodile. And it can get to be up around 18 feet long. Oh, wow. 18 feet. Holy, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, it's a big lizard. Yeah, that is that is nuts. And so imagine an eight, how many feet? 18 feet? 18 feet. Yeah, imagine an 18 foot crocodile with that creepy smile just looking at you. Oh, my God. I would be, <laughs> I would be running so fast. I would just be getting away from that thing as quickly as possible because that is terrifying. Oh, yeah, and it's actually the, one of the most dangerous animals on Earth. Yeah. The saltwater crocodile. Go figure. Uh, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> pretty mean. And even the smallest crocodile is the dwarf crocodile, and even that thing is six feet long. Oh, my God, it's taller than I am. Or, well, longer than I am tall. <laughs> I didn't realize that there was 14 species of crocodile. That's a lot of species, world. yeah. I mean, I knew of the, the Nile crocodile. Oh, that I rhymes. Knew, How about that? that that's, that's pretty cool. Nile crocodile. I like that. Yeah. I knew from uh, watching Animal Planet that there's a couple of different kinds of crocodiles in Australia. Mm-hmm. There is a crocodile that lives here in Florida. So I was aware of four different species, but I did not know that there was 14. So you're still more advanced than I was, though, because uh, coming into this episode, I didn't even know there was much of a difference between a crocodile and an alligator, let alone that there were several different types of crocodiles. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that might be a geographic sort of issue, because we don't really get any of those type of uh, large reptiles up here in the Chicago area, right? So, you know, it is what it is. Don't they have, um, maybe that's New York that has crocodiles and alligators in the sewers? (laughs) It's definitely not here. (laughs) Our sewers aren't that... (laughs) aren't that uh hospitable to uh to <laughs> any life <laughs> crocodiles could live anywhere between 35 to 75 years old oh so they have like a lifespan kind of similar to a human right yeah well although 35 is pretty young well i mean that that's like a back before we had a lot of modern medicine that was like the natural lifespan for a lot of you know, uh, human-type primates, right? And now that we have medicine, I guess if you think about it from a natural standpoint, without the assistance of medicine, uh, they live longer than people might actually live. Yeah, you yeah. and I would, back then, we'd, we'd be the old-timers. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. I'd, I'd be I'd be past my midlife, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I don't want to think about that. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> and unlike crocodiles, we probably wouldn't have any teeth. Yeah, because crocodiles do have a pretty amazing um, setup with their teeth, right? So they have, and for some reason, I'm always fascinated by teeth. If you haven't noticed by now, like uh, every animal we talk about, I end up finding some information about their teeth and how they grow and (laughs) stuff like that. And I don't know what it is, but I I like teeth. So crocodiles, they have uh, about 80 teeth in their mouth. And what happens is when their teeth fall out, they actually can grow a new pair up to like 50 times over their lifespan. So, uh... So they have like just this like kind of like um, 
small like replacement tooth that hasn't actually been grown yet. It's just this little tiny piece of you know tooth bone or whatever it is. And then when the two other tooth falls out, it like stimulates that uh, the cells that are related to that tooth, and it grows it back in, and they just have a new replacement tooth grown in every time a tooth falls out. Right, because they're constantly using those teeth for eating, for fighting each other, for right. their, they use their teeth a lot and they wind mm-hmm. up losing them quite a bit. Yeah, they get they get a lot of use. They use their teeth as much as we probably use our hands. And uh, you probably don't even think about how much you use your hands on a day-to-day basis, but you're always grabbing and, you know, moving and shifting things and they, they do all of that work with their mouths. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if you, like, injure a finger. Right. Like, if you break a finger and you're, mm-hmm. you know, just part of your hand is incapacitated, it's hard. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's yeah. tough. And so they that's why it's important that they had this uh, this evolution with their teeth to kind of constantly be growing them back is because if they kind of incapacitate their mouth, it's tough for them to do anything, let alone, you know, just stay alive. So um, One other thing about crocodile physiology, alligators can kind of tolerate cold temperatures. Right crocodiles cannot tolerate cold temperatures at all i mean was there a temperature limit where below that they kind of start uh, getting real sluggish or something like that i thought i remembered reading something about maybe something in the 70s fahrenheit where they start getting real slow and kind of uh, have trouble just operating i read that too and i don't remember the temperature range yeah. i do know that back in 2009 or 2010 Mm-hmm. We had we had a really rough winter here in Florida. Sure. So what qualifies as a rough winter in Florida, just out of curiosity? <laughs> okay. Try to contain your laughter, all right? <laughs> sure, sure. We had one January back in 2010 mm-hmm. where every single night got down into like the 20s or 30s and okay. we woke up with, with ice on the windshield. Sure, sure. And maybe during the day it was like in the mid 50s. Every day in January. <laughs> so that's that's like fall. <laughs> up, it's up like here, your right? fall weather is yeah. <laughs> our, oh my god, we're gonna die winter weather. Sure, I guess that makes sense though. Uh, I shouldn't laugh because, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're by the Gulf or by the ocean depending on which side of Florida you're on and you're further south and it's just gonna be warmer there. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we're just not equipped for ice on the windshield every single morning. Right. You, you don't have salt trucks, really, because it's not really a concern normally, right? So I remember I went and uh, visited my parents up in Georgia, and mm-hmm. I was in their truck, and I pulled this plastic thing out of the pocket uh-huh. of the door. <laughs> I was like, what is this thing? He goes, it's an ice scraper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, an ice scraper? I just used my library card. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's, it's sturdy enough for the type of ice you get in Florida, but maybe once you get more <laughs> f- further into into the states, then you you need something a little more sturdy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even know those existed until a few years ago. Right. So you were saying you had a pretty rough winter. Uh, how did that affect the crocodiles? Uh, they killed a lot of them. Oh, no. Okay. Alligators can kind of almost hibernate. You know, they go somewhere when it gets really cold, but crocodiles just cannot deal with it and we have a little pocket of southeast florida where we actually have american crocodiles right it's the warmest part of florida and even that part of florida got so cold that there was like hundreds of them that died right so so i guess that kind of um, makes sense that that it would have such an effect on them if you think about crocodiles as far as like how they consume food right they're cold-blooded, and they have, a, as a result, a really slow metabolism, right? So as when the weather gets cooler, it's going to slow them down, and they're going to, you know, kind of not produce energy very quickly, so it could have quite an effect on them. So they kind of, like, the way that their metabolism works, they don't have to 
eat very frequently though so what happens is they kind of just sit around waiting for something to come by uh maybe for days sometimes and then they uh catch some prey and then they eat it and uh that's kind of how their their cycle goes so i guess that cold probably has a lot of effects you know because they're also getting less prey because everything's kind of hunkering down while it's cold right yeah absolutely speaking of prey what do crocodiles eat Oh, so they, basically they eat meat. <laughs> they, <laughs> they eat all sorts of animals. There has actually been some evidence that they do eat uh, some fruits and stuff like that. So they found like some seeds and stuff like that in uh, the stomachs of some crocodiles that have, you know, been killed or whatever. So, uh, so there is some evidence that they will eat fruit once in a while, but their main thing that they eat is just any animal, right? So one of the things that they have that's kind of a pretty cool adaptation is that they have like really acidic stomachs. Like amongst animals, they have one of the most acidic stomachs that there are, right? And what that does is it allows them to like digest bones and hooves and horns so they can eat just about any animal and just eat every piece of it and digest the whole thing yeah that's i i thought that was fascinating too because i'm a sucker for any nature documentary where it's a water hole full of alligators and a group of like impalas or whatever yeah gathered around the water hole taking a drink mm-hmm and the alligator, you know, not alligator. Right. You know what? I was worried about that, that that was going to happen. I might, substitu- <laughs> I might substitute alligator for crocodile in this podcast. I apologize. Uh, you did it. Uh, you're the expert, too, about the difference, at least, uh, as far as the two of us are concerned. Uh, I'm not an animal I'm not, I'm not going to rag on you too much. So, you know, we're, we're just two regular guys, right? So, yep. Uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, like uh, you, I know what you're talking about, though. Like you got a crocodile, like it's like the scene, and it's like really serene, and you got these uh, impalas just drinking from from the river, and then there's a what looks like a log floating up to one of the impalas, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> boom! There's this big like stroke of action, and then like uh, there's a alligator jumping out of the water. I mean, damn it, crocodile jumping out of the water. <laughs> uh, I'm guilty too, but yeah, the crocodile jumps out of the water and it just clamps down on the impala. Everyone's freaking out and there's all this commotion and yeah, that's that's a it's pretty intense nature right there. That's like uh, nature as uh, entertainment at its finest, right? Absolutely, yeah. Right. But then what I always thought was okay, the alligator is swallowing this thing whole. Right. It's got big horns on its head, and mm-hmm. the, the horns go down with the rest of it. And I always mm-hmm. thought, it's that crocodile's <laughs> going to have a rough morning tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's like me when I eat Mexican food, right? <laughs> <laughs> Except uh, it can digest horns a lot easier than I can digest a bean burrito. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the things that they do to aid in, in the digestive uh, process, though, is uh, <laughs> like larger crocodiles will actually swallow stones. Oh, yeah, um, I read that. Right. So, and what I found was, like, there's not a real clear explanation of what the purpose of that is, but the general accepted idea is that these stones kind of, like, move around in their stomach and kind of uh, help break down the animal that they've just eaten and uh, allow them to digest it more easy. Because the way that their bite works is that they can't, they don't really tear they just, like, clamp down and swallow whole because they don't have, like, teeth that are really ad- adapted to, you know, tearing things. So you just have to swallow whole. And those uh, stomach stones kind of help break that stuff up, right? The other thing I read about those stones was that they might swallow those stones and use them as ballast. Oh, yeah, yeah, ballast. I, I do remember reading that now that you mentioned it. That's kind of an interesting uh, concept, isn't it? Kind of. It's curious how they know how to do that. It sounds like they don't really know for sure why crocodiles um swallow stones yeah eat stones yeah it's kind of a weird thing but you know uh, 
have you found any other kind of adaptations that uh, you thought were pretty interesting about crocodiles in your uh, in your studies, Paul? The one that I thought was pretty cool were the domed pressure receptors. Yes, domed pressure receptors. Uh, domed pressure receptors. The, those were <laughs> that was a pretty cool thing. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about those, Paul? Well, they just look like little black dots on the crocodile's upper and lower jaws, but I guess they're on their their whole body. Right, as exactly. Little pressure receptors. Yeah, so uh, it, it turns out uh, that. You know, crocodiles and alligators did have a common ancestor, right? So they have some things in common, and they both have these dome pressure receptors where alligators and caimans have them, like, on their, like, jaws and, like, the front area of their body, but uh, crocodiles actually have them all over their body. All they are are just little, they're little bundles of nerve endings, and uh, it allows them to feel the slightest little vibrations and disturbances in the water. Yeah, I know. That's that just makes them more creepy to me. Like, uh, so they can just sense motion, like very acutely in water. Whereas I don't even know that they're there, right? And they they know if I like flick my finger underwater or whatever, they'll sense it, and then uh, they'll just it's just too creepy, man. Yeah, they they can be totally submerged, mm-hmm. and if a zebra comes up and starts drinking out of the water hole, they'll know exactly where that zebra is. Yeah, they'll be like, "There's a disturbance in the forest." Yeah, and they'll know that it's a zebra. Yeah, uh, man, that's too that's too <laughs> creepy for me, man. Because they actually, I think now I could be totally wrong on this, but I think they actually use those to taste to like sense blood in the water or saliva or any other you know thing that might be that might indicate that there's food there. Right. They they're they have like really well developed senses just in general. They they smell, see. It, yeah, actually talking about sight if I can take a little detour here. Um, yeah, absolutely. Remember when we were talking about goats and they had the horizontally slitted eyes? Well, yes. cro- crocodiles have vertically slitted eyes and uh the whole point of that is like it's an adaptation that has allowed them to see really well in low light situations. So one of the times a day that they typically eat is like at night really not at day at all they're nocturnal animals really in general the the horizontal slitted eyes have adapted them to being like a predator who can see really well at night um they actually have a a structure inside their eye that reflects light so so that it hits their iris more than once so that they see really well at night so they're really well adapted to seeing at night and it just makes them more dangerous more terrible animals that i don't want anything to do with (laughs) yeah and they also have the little membrane that kind of flaps over their eye to protect it so they have like built-in goggles right exactly i forgot about that that's a good point uh they you know being underwater there's a lot of debris in there that can like sometimes harm your eye and that membrane will uh protect them from anything actually causing damage to their eyes they have salt glands Right, salt glands. Yeah, that was that was something I thought was pretty interesting. Actually, crocodiles have actually evolved to have like these glands that sort of help them balance the level of salt in their blood. So what it will do, it will like filter salt out of their blood, and then it will just like secrete the salt. And the alligator, or I mean, crocodile. Damn it, that's again. <laughs> Man, this is this is tough for me. You know, <laughs> I still don't know the difference. I guess. <laughs> but uh, but the crocodile will just secrete the salt and. It'll be fine. It'll have a good level of salt in their blood. And the interesting thing about me saying alligator there is that they actually also have the salt glands, but they don't do anything in an alligator. The salt gland is vestigial. Yeah, so every now and then in the news, you'll see where an alligator 
has made its way over to the Gulf of Mexico and it's swimming around at the beach and yeah, people, right. are, okay. people are freaking out. Usually when that happens, and it's very rare that that happens, the alligator is only interested in one thing and that's getting back to fresh water. Right, okay. I guess that Alligators makes cannot take salt water at all because their salt glands just don't work. Probably isn't very good for their health, I'm, I'm guessing at least, so... I don't know if it'll kill them or not, but it's uh, unpleasant and uncomfortable for them enough to where they, they really can't take it for very long. Yeah, so they're going to try to get get back to the freshwater. Yeah, absolutely. This That's pretty cool. So they have a lot of adaptations that have made them pretty good at what they do, and what they do is is eat. <laughs> they're a really lot. Good, yeah, they're really good predators. Right. You talked a few minutes ago about their biting and how that is their arms and their hands and everything, and that's right. their life, is their, yeah. is their jaws. Mm-hmm. That bite force is incredible. Right. Nearly 10 times the bite force of a great white shark. Yeah, see, that is nuts. These are this is the creepiest animal. I don't want anything to do with it, man. You you want to scare me on Halloween? Uh, that this is the animal you got to put in front of me because I'm gonna jump out of my skin if I see one. I'm scared of them too, man. Yeah, They're, yeah, they have a huge bite force. The big bite force and the muscles that open the jaw are really small and weak compared to the muscles that close the jaw. So if you can manage to grab those jaws while they're closed, you can just Anybody can just hold them shut. So th- this is why Steve Irwin was maybe not as crazy as we thought he was when he would jump on a crocodile uh, and try to hold its mouth shut was because it, they actually have really weak uh, jaw mus- muscles. And once he holds the mouth shut, he's kind of generally more safe, even though it's never safe to be on top of a crocodile. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Also, uh, they're an ambush predator. Right. As you kind of mentioned before, they just kind of wait there in the water and uh, they wait for some poor animal to come up and take a drink, and bang, and they get bang, them. Yeah, exactly. That's that's their style of, of hunting. They don't they don't actually hunt. They just wait for something to come by, and then they eat it <laughs> as soon as it comes across their path if it gets close enough. Part of the thing that that helps them do that is you know, like I was saying earlier, is they can go days without eating if they have to because they have such slow metabolisms. They can also spend a lot of time underwater waiting for something to go by. They're real sneaky. They're pretty stealthy. They just look like a log from from a distance if you look at them in water. So so, so yeah, they're they're great ambush predators. They also have uh, streamlined bodies, right? So they can swim pretty quickly. And when they're on land, they can also run pretty quickly. So like they're pretty dangerous predators. They, they actually the speed that they can run over short distances is about 11 miles an hour. And um, if you don't have a good context for that, that's like a really fast sprint for a person. So if you see an alligator on land and you think it's going to be slow and not be able to catch you, it turns out that you actually have to be a pretty accomplished sprinter to get away from that thing if you get too close to it so, so you mean a crocodile clear. yeah crocodile damn i was saying alligator <laughs> wasn't i yeah sorry okay so yeah the crocodiles <laughs> run fast i don't know what alligators do as far as running but i know crocodiles run pretty fast so if you get near a crocodile even if, unless you're a super accomplished sprinter just stay clear have you ever seen a video of a crocodile where its head is above water and then it just decides to go underwater and the head mm-hmm. goes down and it doesn't even leave a ripple yeah, I, yeah, it's it's really it's really eerie uh, how how they can do that. They they're like super streamlined, like I was saying. Like so, they hardly make any disturbance in water as they're moving around. They also have like these webbed feet too, right? So when they're in water with the webbed feet, uh, they don't really use them to swim necessarily, but it allows them to make like really sudden movements while they're in water. So they can like turn on a dime and just come back around and 
grab you real quick if you're in the water and and they're they're real dangerous yeah especially toward humans and a lot of underdeveloped countries where right. people have to go down to the water hole to get the water that they need to drink and live and survive right and there's crocodiles in there yeah crocodiles are one of the most dangerous creatures to humans on the planet right they're responsible for thousands of fatal and non-fatal attacks particularly in Africa and in India and Australia, too, where there's a lot of people that are in mm-hmm. canoes and in kayaks on the water. I read a story about someone who was just snatched out of a kayak by a yeah. saltwater crocodile. Actually, if you want to keep track of uh, crocodile attacks around the world, mm-hmm. there is a website called crocodileattack.info. Oh, boy. Okay. So uh, what, do, what do they got there? Just like statistics on crocodile attacks? Or how does that work? Yeah, they keep it updated. They tell you where the latest crocodile attack was and... Yeah, they, they keep it updated with the, the latest person to get either maimed or killed by a crocodile. It's a little bit morbid, but it's interesting. <laughs> the latest person to get maimed or killed uh, today on Crocodile <laughs> Info or whatever the thing was called. Man. <laughs> I guess crocodileattack.com and .org and .cc were all taken. They had, right. to, they had to resort to crocodile crocodile-attack.info I'll put the link on the show notes <laughs> well that, that sounds like a very informative site if I ever uh, head down south or go over to Australia or something I'm definitely uh, keeping that one open on my phone speaking of Australia if you ever want to read the most Australian thing you've ever read in your life sure there's a uh, news article in the Australian.com facing the jaws of death few survive a crocodile attack oh I will boy. put the link to that I'll put the link to that article in the show notes and that is a good read yeah everything in Australia wants to kill you if there's one thing I've learned uh, since we started doing this show is that everything in Australia wants to kill you you got anything else on uh, crocodiles nope that's uh, that's pretty much uh, sums up my research for this week well speaking of Australia and what you learned about crocodiles you probably learned a lot of it through pop culture. Right. right. So let's talk about that right after these messages. Hi there. This is Brett Stewart from the Jukebox Podcast. Are you a huge fan of music or perhaps you'd like to expand your sonic horizons? Well, I am here to help. Every month, the Jukebox digs deep into the finest of the world's independent music. From folk to blues to hip-hop, rock and roll, jazz, spoken word, experimental, even classical, we spend time with it all. Plus, I bring industry professionals and fellow fans on Jukebox Roundtables every month to discuss the latest news and topics in the industry. Join me at JukeboxPodcast.com and on all major podcatchers. You know, whether they're the ones doing all the work or they're just there for comic relief, movies, TV, and video games are loaded with animals, and the crocodile is no exception. So let's talk for a few moments about where we usually see crocodiles, not in nature or in a zoo, but on a screen in our living room. I'm going to guess there's probably one uh, reference to a crocodile that uh, a lot of us are probably familiar with, and that is, uh, for me at least, Crocodile Dundee. Yes, Crocodile yes. Dundee. I forget what year that movie was released. Yeah, it, it's an old one, but uh, I think it was probably late 80s, so if, if I'm going to guess. Um, that uh, sounds about right. Yeah, it seems about the, the, the 
time frame because I remember the the girl that was in the movie kind of had big hair, and whenever I see big hair, I definitely go straight to the eighties. Right? <laughs> um, and just in case you're unfamiliar, this is the movie where Crocodile Dundee gets attacked by a guy with a knife, and he pulls out a knife on him, and Crocodile Dundee just laughs at the guy, and goes, "That's not a knife." This is a knife, and he pulls out this big, like, F-off sort of knife, and it's just like, the guy's like, oh, no, okay, all right, you got me. And he yep. kind of And he reaches out with a knife and, and slits his red leather jacket with that's it. That's right, yeah. And laughs at him. <laughs> yep, that's right, yeah. It was a good movie. Yeah, and and the, uh, there was a couple of crocodiles in it, too. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the only crocodile I remember from that movie is the one that he... He jumped on top of its back and stuck a knife in its head. Right, exactly. That's the, that's exactly the scene I'm thinking about. Okay, which I yeah. guess explains where he got all the teeth that were on his hat. Yeah, so he, he had a string of crocodile teeth on his hat, which we know now grow back pretty frequently. So it's maybe yes. not that hard to find uh, crocodile teeth. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that that movie was loosely based on a true story? No, I didn't. Do you know more about what the true story was there? <laughs> it was like uh, a guy who was, now I say loosely based. It was about okay. a guy, a guy in Australia, and I can't remember his name. I will look for it and put it in the show notes. Sure, sure. He was a, I think he was a cattle rancher down in Australia. Mm-hmm. He was really close with the uh, Aboriginal population down there. He could speak their language. Mm-hmm. And he was on the run from authorities. And I think he survived nearly two months out in the bush. Mm-hmm. With with nothing. Basically nothing but a knife. That's awesome. And uh, he died at 44 in a shootout with police because he was high on meth. <laughs> oh, God, okay. Do you remember the scene where he's in the hotel room mm-hmm. and he's sleeping on the floor and his clothes are kind of hung up on a, on a line across the room mm-hmm. and he's kind of baffled by the bidet? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Was that in the first Crocodile Dundee movie or the second? Uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you, to be honest yeah. with you. It's been so long since I've seen him. I can't differentiate which one. But you know the scene I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Where he, he leans out the window and he goes, Hey, it's for cleaning your backside. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's actually, uh, that That was one thing that actually happened when this kettle rancher came over to the United States. He was being interviewed for a... Uh, a magazine or a newspaper or something. I'm not an expert. I'll I'll link to the article. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. How about the uh, the crocodile hunter Steve Irwin? Yeah, that's that's probably one of the most well known naturalists that there ever was. Really well respected man. Uh, he's you know great human being. Really, just in general, I, I love that guy. Yeah, he was great. I and mean, you know when he first got popular here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, "Oh, I want to, you know, I'm going to go home and watch Animal Planet and watch that crazy Australian dude hop <laughs> yeah, on crocodiles." Yeah. You know? Yeah, that guy was—he was nuts. He was—I mean, he's part of one of the first guys I saw on TV that was, you know, doing interesting stuff related to animals, and it was like uh, one of my first outlets for my curiosity when I was starting to learn about nature. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Mm-hmm. If you watched it for a while, you realize that he's not hopping on crocodiles and catching snakes just for fun. He's doing it to educate an audience. Right, exactly. You know, and mm-hmm. and that guy, like if anybody was going to, a good PR man for a crocodile, it was Steve Irwin. Right. What I appreciated about Steve Irwin was that every animal, no matter how scaly and scary and awful that animal was, was valuable and worth saving and worth learning about. And that's yeah, what he- I really appreciated about him. Yeah, he really made you feel like when you were looking at whatever it was, even if you thought it was ugly, he 
when he was teaching you about the animal and its life, like he kind of gave you the sense of even though it's a little bit uh, unattractive, it's still a beautiful thing, you know. So, so I really appreciated uh, uh, his contribution to my life, at least. So, yeah, me too, definitely. Mm-hmm. How about Crocs? Have you ever worn Crocs? <laughs> no, I've never. I never have worn Crocs. Uh, they don't look very comfortable to me. <laughs> they do have them in Chicago, though, right? Yeah, they do. People wear them. It's just I don't. They they look like they're super uncomfortable. I have gained a new respect for you. Oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) They're the ugliest shoe ever created. (laughs) Right. Nobody should wear Crocs. They sure are. Did you have anything else to say about Crocs? Because I was going to bring up another topic. (laughs) Oh, no. It's just I I went to their website because I wanted to look up why they named this ugly foam shoe a Croc. Right. Yeah. Why did they name it a Croc? Okay. This is directly from the website. Just like the crocodile... Crocs can be worn on land or in water. Oh, okay. That's lame. <laughs> it's an oddly worded sentence because right. just like the crocodile, Crocs can be worn on land or water. It makes it sound like you're attaching a crocodile to each foot and just walking around. Yeah, I don't typically wear crocodiles, to be honest with you, or, or any animal for that matter. I, I wear pieces of synthetic leather on my feet at this point, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> So I guess I guess what I was going to go into next was um, oh yeah please do yeah we, we there's a there's a phrase that maybe you've commonly heard or maybe not so commonly heard is uh, crocodile tears that's uh, when someone kind of uh, gives you like a sarcastic sympathy right and the the reason why that that came to be was because when crocodiles are eating um, if they've been out of water for a long time it will look like they're crying as they're eating because they're just lubricating their eyes. Because it looked like they were crying while they were eating, people assumed it meant that the crocodile was mourning the death of whatever it's eating. That's not the case. They don't really care that this caribou died, right? They uh, <laughs> just uh, need their eyes to be moist so that they don't dry out and get damaged. <laughs> so right. they, so it's really, they don't really care. Just like someone who's crying crocodile tears, they don't really care. They're just kind of giving you a sort of sarcastic, uh, oh, I care, you know, not really, but yeah. That's super interesting. I never understood the uh, origin of that phrase until just now. Yeah, it's. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting myself. That's really That's cool. I brought it up here. Yeah, crocodile. Would you eat crocodile? Yeah, to be honest with you, I I don't see why I wouldn't. <laughs> if someone caught it for me, I would eat it. I'm not catching it myself though. I'm not going anywhere near a live crocodile. <laughs> yeah. No, me neither. I would definitely eat it though. I've eaten mm-hmm. other reptiles before, right. and if a crocodile is anything like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sure. I, I got no qualms about eating a- any crocodile, so... Yeah, there's actually an article in uh, Men's Health Magazine. I'll put it in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. And the title of it is Crocodile Meat, Mean, Lean, and Full of Protein. Yeah, awesome. So it's a good it's good meat. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's like a ton of them. They're not... Well, some of them are in trouble, but most of them are not endangered. So. Yeah, just don't, don't eat the endangered ones and you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you eat the endangered ones, you're a jerk. <laughs> you're right. As far as intelligence, it seems like every time we we research an apex predator, they're pretty dumb, right? Right. I would say, though, that in this case, that that might not really be true. Okay. Because uh, one thing thing I did uh, learn about uh, crocodiles is that they actually uh, do some things that show some level of intelligence. For example, they hunt together. When, When they're eating fish, they'll swim in circles around the fish as a group to trap the fish in and that way they can just pick off chunks of the fish and you know that 
requires some coordination. You know, maybe some level of intelligence. Maybe not like primate level of intelligence, but at least some sort of uh, cooperation, right? Okay, I have a problem with this. Okay. Because I read that article too, and it's sure, pointing sure. to that as a sign of intelligence. But mm-hmm. if you're at a restaurant and you order a pizza with a group of friends... Right. And everybody just grabs the piece of pizza that's closest to them. I don't think you're really working as a team. That's that's kind of a good point. I like I like where you're going with that. So um you, so you're seeing it more as like they just happen to all be going for the same fish and it just works out that it helps them that they're all going for the same fish, but really they're just crowding around the pizza and grabbing a slice. Right, or if like a you know an antelope or something gets in the water and each one of them takes a leg and one of them takes a head and they all do the death roll and pull it apart. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're working together as much as they're seeing that there's food and they're going for it. I think I, I, I like think what... crocodile brains are very much, can I eat? No. Can I mate? No. Well, I guess I'll rest. Can I eat? No. Can I mate? No. Well, I guess I'll rest. There's, it's uh, like that constant feedback loop, you know? Right. I like where your head's at, Paul. I think I agree with you here. So, uh... On a scale of 1 to 10, where would you put the uh, intelligence level of, uh, of a crocodile? When we talked about owls, I think I gave the owl like a two and a half. I'm going to give the crocodile a three, and I'll tell you why. Sure. They have observed crocodiles actually balancing sticks on their nose so that it will lure birds in that need those sticks for nesting material, and then they'll grab the bird. Right, and I, I read something similar about that, and uh, it sounds like they only engage in that behavior during... The time when birds, like during the spring, when birds are frequently uh, building nests, right? So, so maybe that does in, in, indicate some small level of intelligence. Yeah, I'll give that. It gives them a half a point, I think, yeah. for me. What What about you? Where do you put them? Maybe I'm a little bit more impressed by the the ingenuity of the stick catching a bird, right? Uh, and I, I like the fact that they don't tend to eat their own poop. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm gonna give them a four. You know what? I'll give them a four too. <laughs> <All> Fair <right>. enough. <laughs> you got anything else on uh, crocodiles? No, I think uh, we've sufficiently became experts this time. I think so too. That was fun. Any final yeah. thoughts on crocodiles? Uh, just don't eat the endangered ones. Don't eat. The- <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the Varmints Podcast. Uh, the Varmints Podcast is produced by Paul Chomo and Paul Wilk. With technical support by Matthew Chomo and Paul Wilk, we are on blazingcariboustudios.com. Come over there and listen to the show and look at the show notes. We put up pictures and video and websites and things to look at that complement the episode. So if you like the episode, go over there and and take a look at the show notes, and you might even find uh, another podcast that you like there, too. We are at varmintspodcast at gmail.com. We would love it if you dropped us a line. If you have a suggestion, you want us to talk about a particular type of animal, that would be great. If you want to tell us that you love the show, that would be great, too. And we will read your emails right here on the podcast. Uh, We are also on Twitter, at Varmints Podcast. We are on Instagram, at Varmints Podcast. Facebook, we are everywhere. Just type in Varmints Podcast in your Google search engine, and you're going to run across us somewhere. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. And until next time, be nice to animals. Bye. Any one of you lily-livered, bow-legged varmints care to slap leather with me? In case any of you get any ideas, you better know who you're dealing with. I'm the hootinest, tootinest, shootinest, bobtail wildcat in the West. I'm the 
south, east, and west of the Pecos. I'm the You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. If you like this podcast and want to hear more like this, consider supporting the BCS Patreon at BlazingCaribouStudios.com. A special thanks to Pinto and the Bean for our company theme music. If you want to hear more, head on over to PintoAndTheBeanMusic.com, where you can check out this and other cool tracks. From a shallow world.